situation. We are being asked to wear masks um, as we move around, when we're close to each other, and even through the ABF if we're able to. But no one is policing this, and if wearing a mask is hard for you to breathe or for any kind of medical reason, please feel free not to wear the mask. Okay, and if you are, uh, if you're sitting near people that are not wearing masks, that makes you nervous, you can move. And if, if you want to all sit together and no one wear masks, that'd be fun too. <laughs> so anyway, none of us are judging each other for wearing them or for not wearing them, okay? We want us all to be here. We don't want people to go home because they don't have a mask with them. Thank you. If it's real short, go ahead. Monday morning, tomorrow, I'm going to be a working woman. I'm going to work at McDonald's. I am so excited, and let me tell you why. Before I went, I went Friday, wasn't it Friday? To apply, I thought, I had already filled out an application, but I went there, and I said, well, I'm here for my interview. She said, you're already hired. <laughs> they like old people. They really do, because they said, because I'm 83, and she said, I like people that your age because you know how to deal with people. And I said, hallelujah. Well, there were three right there. I was dealing with the lady who was going to interview, hire, whatever, and two other people that were being hired that day. Well, lo and behold, none of them had a church. I was able to sit there and minister to them. Y'all, I'm not going to make it any longer, but it is so exciting to know that God has opened up a white field for me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Right now, I pay the H-E-B, yeah, <clears throat> my 19th. And I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I'm not going to be cooking. I said, I'm not cooking. <laughs> Listen, we know what she's going to be doing. She can be sharing Jesus over there, along with added fries. Yeah, praise the Lord. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Linda. Well, in our journey that we've been looking at uh, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, uh, we've been discovering many things about our hearts and God's heart and the hearts of those around us. What a journey. What a journey, Ephesians. <clears throat> I want you all to turn to, uh, we're in chapter 4 of Ephesians, and let's go. I, I really wanted to get verses 25 through 32 uh, finished and complete so that we can move on. We've been in Ephesians since August. Hallelujah. <clears throat> of course, we've been in Ephesians since August with a morning group that I have at 530 in the morning. We're in chapter one. No, we just turned to chapter two. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> uh, let me also just say most of the messages that we've been teaching here in prime time have been recorded, and they're on the Highland website. 
Uh, and if you look on the home page of the Highland website, up in the top right-hand corner, there are three lines. Now, young people know what to do when they see three lines. We look at that and we go, oh, that's an interesting design. <laughs> but they're there to click on for more information. And those three lines underneath that, you'll be able to see ministries. And under ministries is senior adults. And under senior adults is media, recorded media. And that's where everything, that's where our treasure chest is there. All right, verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Paul's mentioning two things here, lying and truth and the opposites that they are. Let's pray again. Lord, this is a darkness that is covering planet Earth. Lying, a resistance against the truth. And Lord, I pray that you'd open our hearts this morning. I pray we'd hear a sound from heaven Lord, unless you speak and we are tuned into heaven's frequency to hear and understand what's in your heart, Lord, we are prone to deception, all of us. So, Lord, I pray as clearly as we'll hear the sound of the shofar, I pray clearly and distinctly we would hear from heaven for each of us, for we are members of one another and we're members of your family. Father, I just pray you'd speak to each of us right where we are. Lord, this is a big thing, lying. And it's a bigger thing, truth. And I pray you would magnify the significance of these two things that we are going to focus on this morning and that you would have your liberty to speak to us, your sons and daughters. Amen. From verse 17 in this chapter 4 of Ephesians, Paul has been contrasting our old life before we knew Christ and the new life that Jesus brings to us. And he, at first, he spoke very generally. And that's how salvation is in the beginning. God, I give you my whole life. And then he starts to get painfully specific. How about this area? How about that area? And Paul is doing the same thing. He addressed seven areas of detailed warnings against what he mentioned in verse 22 of deceitful lusts slash desires. And Paul noticed that within this mature church in Ephesus, this is among the most mature churches in the early church world. He noticed 
that in their particular hearts and lives, this list of sins seem to kind of hang on longer than they should have. And you know, some sins just do that. They're harder to put to death and then to stay dead. When we decide to completely surrender our lives to Christ, it is an initial decision and a daily conscious commitment. We are to daily put on the new nature to head in his new direction and to think and to speak the new things the way that God would intend. And But Paul is ordering here a very simple request. Put away lying. Now, what is a lie? Well, I love how the dictionary defines a lie. It says, any deceit in word, in act, or in attitude, or even in silence. If we hear a lie being spread and we do not speak, we are complicit. Hmm. It is in deliberate exaggerations, in distortions of the truth, dishonesty in every form, telling only partial truth in creating a false impression, leading to hypocrisy, ending up living a lie. Wow. Busted. Lying is something that God takes very seriously. Amen. In the book of Revelation, he says, liars will not enter the kingdom. And sadly, lying has become a regular component in our American culture today. It's woven throughout the entire strata of our culture. And one reason why, why evil covers the earth today is because People are constantly telling or hearing lies. We're living in a lying world today. And the church included. Ouch. Jesus calls Satan our arch enemy. He is the father of lies, John 8, 44. He's the father. Well, what is the root of lying? What's the root of lying? I believe that the root of lying is love of self. People lie to protect self, to defend self, save self, promote self. But having the title father of lies means that there's no one, no one who loves themselves more than the devil. No wonder he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, just worship me and I'll give you everything. So why do people believe lies? Well, simply put, they must be convinced and persuaded by repeating false information. If a lie is repeated often enough, eventually it will be believed as truth. 
tell a lie long enough and people will believe it. Tell a lie long enough and people will believe it. Lord had me doing that as a jingle around the house this week. He said, okay, now you made the wrong confession. Now let's make the right one. Because the converse is absolutely true. Keep telling the truth. Keep telling the truth. And someday it will sink in. Keep telling the truth. Keep telling the truth. Keep telling the truth. Keep living the truth. Keep loving the truth. And someday it will sink in. And the truth is by nature more logical and healthy and moral than a lie. You know, in in our many years of living in Israel, there was a leader who told lies continually. Continually. So often that he ended up believing every one of the lies that he told. He absolutely, he he would die for it. He believed it that much. And that man was, he's now deceased, was Yasser Arafat. To be honest, I shed tears for that man when I realized how fully deceived he actually was. And then I became even more broken to see how many lives he had taken captive with his lies that have all been under his leadership. At first, I was angry. Don't you get angry when someone says a lie and you know it's a lie? You know, there's a, there's a righteous indignation that builds up. At first, I was angry. And then God said, I, I really believe the Spirit started to show me, I want you to look at this man, how I see him. And God was broken. You know how hard it is for God to be able to reach a man who's totally convinced that lying is a way of life? He's under his father's dominion. The father, Satan. Well, let's see how God feels about lying. I want you to turn with me to Proverbs 6. In Proverbs 6, God makes it very specific. He wanted to make... He wanted to show that things that, that are displeasing from him are different from things that he hates. And he hates these things that are listed in Proverbs 6, starting in verse 16. These six things the Lord, what? Hates. hates. He hates. This is to the full, to the max displeasure. He hates these things. Yes, seven are abomination, are an abomination to him. Number one, a proud look. God hates pride. Because this is what took Lucifer out from being the angelic worship leader in heaven. This was the first sin that was ever committed against God was pride. That's number one. Number two, a lying tongue. Then hands that shed innocent blood. Verse 18. A heart that devises wicked plans and feet that are swift in running to evil. Number 19. uh, Verse 19. A false witness who speaks lies 
and one who sows discord among brethren. Now, the wisdom of Solomon is listing seven things that God hates. Notice this. Two out of the seven are a lying tongue and a false witness who utters lies. Lying is doubly hated by God. And friends, the only thing that's going to keep you and I from deception and lies, hear this, is loving the truth. Paul warns the believers in Thessalonica, saying the coming of the lawless one, he's referring to the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who are perishing because they did not receive the love of the truth. I'm reading 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 11. That they might be saved. And for this reason, what reason? For this reason, what reason? Because they didn't love the truth. For this reason, because they didn't love the truth. Look at what the word of God says. God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 11. Precious brothers and sisters, this is why we need to love the truth. Believe the truth. Tell the truth. And live the truth. The church of Jesus Christ is under attack. The United Methodist Church, the second largest denomination in all of America and the world is planning a special general conference this year to decide its position on lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer issues and marriage. They're having a general world conference about sex and its deviation. And what does God say? And what does culture say? Regarding truth, the culture in America now believes, listen to me, that there is no absolute truth. Truth is now relative, is what our entire culture is embracing. In other words, What's true for you is true for you. But what is true for me, it's my truth and don't mess with it. The LGBTQ community, which are the letters of what I just read, they're now on a mission to make sure that their interpretation of the truth is accepted by all. And if you do not believe as they do, they are already putting in motion the laws that you need to be reprogrammed into this belief. 
And this demonic agenda is now targeting every level. Listen to me, every level of our educational system. From kindergarten upward. How fitting is the heart cry of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 59, 14. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off for truth has fallen in the street. And it's not just the Methodists, the Episcopal Church. The Presbyterian Church. These wonderful churches are divided over this same issue. Even the Alliance of Baptists and a few other Baptist organizations are supporting same-sex marriage. And friends, we have churches here in Waco that fully support this deceptive lie and have all of their cultural reasons for acceptance. God help us. God save us. Guard your mind. Because the mission is to reprogram your conviction to accepting and believing the lie. The Antichrist is coming with lying wonders. Lying is just so easy. God is the embodiment of all truth. All truth. He's the source of all truth. He is the essence of all truth. That's God. And Jesus made it so easy. I'm so thankful. He says, to those who are the learned and the intellectual, they, they can miss it easily. But he reveals his heart will to the simple. I want to be childlike, not childish. I want to remain childlike the rest of my days. Jesus made it so easy in John 14, 6, when he said, I am. I am the way. No others. I am the truth. I am the life. No one, no one, no one, as righteous, as good, as wonderful as they can be, no one is coming to the Father other than through this one vehicle. Amen. And because Jesus is the essence and the fullness of truth, everything apart from him is merely a truth claim at best waiting to see if it agrees with what God has revealed in the person of Jesus or in his written word. Now, I want you to listen to what the word of God says about itself. Psalm 119, verse 160. The entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. 
In Jesus' prayer to the Father in John 17, 17, Jesus is crying out to his Father, Father, sanctify them in the truth, for your word is truth. Friends, you know, if you and I are not loving the truth, if we're not living the truth, if we're not believing the truth, and if we're not telling the truth, then you and I will be susceptible, susceptible to deception. And along with that, there will be no power, no power in our words to change the hearts of the deceived. No power. I want us to just take a look at the significance of the word in Hebrew for truth. The word is emet. Emet. Let's all say it. Emet. Emet. Very simple. Emet. Consists of three Hebrew letters. Aleph, Mem, and Taf. Emet. Emet. Emet is derived from the verb aman. But emet means certainty, stability, truth, rightness, and trustworthiness. That's what emet means. Derived from the, uh, the Hebrew word aman, which means to be firm, to be permanent, to be as totally established. That's the verb aman. So emet conveys a sense of dependability, reliability, and absolute firmness. Truth is therefore something upon which a person can confidently stake their life. It's that sure. In Psalm 40, verse 11, David prayed that God's truth would continually preserve him. The scriptures speak of men of truth, Exodus 18, 21, or the law of truth, Malachi 2, 6, and especially the true God or the God of truth, Jeremiah 10, 10. Emet, Aleph, Mem, Taf, three letters. But it's interesting that the first letter is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And the middle letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the ma, mem. Aleph, mem, taf. Taf is the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And the rabbis have concluded that because it's the first and the last and the middle, that God is totally sovereign and truthful over all creation from its beginning to its end and everything in between. Amen. That's the power of a simple word in Hebrew, truth. Truth. Wow. I want to close with this story. Studies have shown that if you blindfold a man or a woman and ask them to walk in a straight line, they're going to start to walk well. But soon they're going to start to go 
one way or the other. And they're going to end up looping in circles, even ever tightening circles. Isn't that amazing? You can try this this afternoon. Make sure someone's with you, though. You can try it with your walker and and, and see, see what. Listen, this happens. This is a proven thing. It's a phenomena that has been demonstrated over and over and over again without a fixed point of reference. We cannot keep a straight line. The strange thing is that it feels like we're walking straight when we're blindfolded. But we begin to loop and to curve erratically totally without knowing it. We need a fixed point to walk a straight line. Without a corrective, our insides take over. And there's something in every one of us that won't stay straight. Period. Exclamation point. That's why God's word is the fixed point for the souls of mankind. Its truths are fixed. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Psalm 119, verse 89. Therefore, his word gives us a safe and accurate reference point for our lives. The moment we get off of the word, we're going to start going in circles. Because it is innate within mankind. Without the fixed point of the word, we will go astray. We will go astray. And the person who rejects God's word as the source of truth may feel like they're on the right road. Those with the, this mindset, theological, dead, determined purpose of what I mentioned earlier, they believe that they're totally on the right road, that they're going straight. But because it's not thick, fixed on the word, they and all of us are doomed to inevitably go astray. 100% every time, no exceptions. Does it sound like I'm being dogmatic? <laughs> it's because his word is that sure. It is that forever settled in heaven. The Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man or an organization or a movement or a culture. In other words, they think they're going straight. But the end thereof is death. Proverbs 14, 12. Don't you love Jesus? I'm just so thankful Jesus didn't point people to a fixed point. No, he claimed to be the fixed point. I'm it. Jesus didn't say, know the truth, or 
I can point you to the truth. No, he said, I am the truth. I am. John 14, 6. He is the only son, S-O-N-S-U-N, by which we navigate our lives. And the bright and the morning star which guides our path. Jesus is the only fixed point for mankind. So what's the result? Let us, let, three-letter word, packed with power. It has all of the creative power of God is in that three-letter word, let. It's so powerful, that three-letter word. It's the first word recorded that God ever spoke. Let there be light. Let, as an act of your will, fully surrender, absolute abandonment to your eyes being fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Everything of this culture is going to look to pull us away from the fixed point. This is a day. These are the hours. This is the season. The church is already being deceived. Do not think you are immune. The moment we step out of loving the truth, believing the truth, living the truth, telling the truth, the moment we step out of loving the truth with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, because the truth is not a doctrine, it's a person. The moment we step out of having that truth fixed in our lives, we're already doomed to being deceived at some point. And, you know, that scripture in Isaiah 59, we, we, mis, we misquote it by saying, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. That is a mispunctuation of the Hebrew. Here's how it should read. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. Listen, the flood belongs to God, not to the devil. No, the devil comes in like a snake. He's cunning. He's wise. How did marijuana get introduced in legalization in the United States? medical purposes. Those that were critically ill and doomed for death, it's a passive way to make them feel better before they die. It came in subtly. And now we have over a dozen states that have legalized recreational use of marijuana. Listen, as a former pothead, that is a horrific decision. Lord, we just pray that you'd lift up a flood of intercession and a flood of truth against the lies that are sweeping over our country. 
Lord, lies that are sweeping across the church. Lord, I pray, I pray, almighty God, you would convict us of lies that we have believed. Because none of us are immune to deception. But you've given us the safeguard. Love the truth. Love me, says the Lord. Love what I've written. Learn how to rightfully divide the word of truth. Stand up and speak for the truth. Lord, I pray that the truth would prevail. And Lord, part of this great uh, battle hymn of the Republic is that his truth is marching on. And Lord, that's what America needs. That's what your church needs. That's what we need. Because we are in a battle. We're in a huge war. So Lord, I pray that you would equip us and prepare us and ready us for the battle. Lord, so many people in your church have resisted even going to boot camp. Unwilling to have the discipline of daily times of prayer and sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to your word and being changed by your word and loving your word and memorizing your word, communing with you all throughout the day. Lord, so many have not even chosen. Uh, Lord, I, I, I thank you that I grew up in a generation where there was a draft. You had to go into the military. Lord, your army is all voluntary. It's all volunteer. But I pray that we would gird up our loins with the truth. Lord, the very first, very first armor in Ephesians 6, put on the helmet of salvation. Lord, we need to gird our loins with the truth. And Lord, if we are not covered in all the armor of God, we're going to wield the sword in a wrong manner. That's the only offensive part of the weaponry when we're clothed with the armor of God. So Lord, I pray that the belt of truth would be tightly around us. It, it keeps the armor held on to us. So thank you, Father, for giving us Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you have made it so clear you're the only way, truth, and life. And we want to thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the spirit of truth who reveals truth and separates it from error, lie, and deception. So, Lord, I pray that we'd hide these things in our hearts and throughout the rest of this day and the rest of these days ahead, we would not give the devil a place. Though we're coming up to that verse, do not give the devil a place. Topos is that word. Do not give the devil a spot. Because if he gets a millimeter, he's going to want a mile. So Lord, give us a love, a baptism of your love, a baptism of truth, of understanding, of loving the truth. That will be our only protective agent, that fixed point of God, so that we can go through the last days 
in a joyful manner, rejoicing for the hope that lies within us. Thank you, Father, for these precious ones. I pray your full blessing to come upon them. Holy Father, Holy Jesus, Holy Spirit, to the glory of God expressed in the name, nature, character, person, and authority of Jesus. Amen. Okay. the world's culture that we have concept 